Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. Support for The Zest comes from People's Gas, delivering clean, efficient, and affordable natural gas for cooking at home with precise temperature control. More at floridasenergy.com. If you don't do boneless, skinless chicken thighs as an alternative to boneless, skinless chicken breasts, you're missing out. I'm Robin Sessingham, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. We're all about food in Florida. Is it possible to barbecue ribs in just 40 minutes? The answer might surprise you. Coming up, we talk to a barbecue pro to get you ready for summertime grilling. Support for the Zest Podcast comes from Seitenbacher brand natural foods like muesli cereals, oils, oatmeal, energy bars, gluten-free fruit gummies for the kids, organic coffee, and more. Available in supermarkets, health food stores, or online at seitenbacher.com. Avera Wynn spent 30 years as an urban planner, a good job that paid for his barbecue habit. This certified barbecue judge now has his own line of seasoning blends that's called Zest Coast. We talked about when to use gas and when to use charcoal. Plus, he gives his number one tip for grilling like a pro. I also asked him where the name Avera comes from. If you drive up I-95, just north of Fayetteville, Near the the uh, Bun area, there's a, t- a town called Aversboro, and there's now there's large signs there it's called the Battle of Aversboro. So that's where the penultimate battle was when uh, Sherman's forces were coming down through the Carolinas. And uh, so there were six Avera brothers. Uh, five of them perished in the Civil War, and uh, the one of them moved to Raleigh. And that's your ancestor. Yep, that's it. So that's amazing. Well, Avera Wynn, thanks for being here. Glad to be here. So you spent three decades as an urban planner. Correct. You went, that's what you went to graduate school. That's what you did in the public sector. Correct. For 30 years. Correct. And then what? You've just, your passion for barbecue just, just took over and you just couldn't ignore it anymore? That's right. You have how many things to grill on at your house? Uh, how many How many apparatus, apparati, I guess is the yeah, word. How many apparatuses know. do you have <laughs> to grill on? Well, currently we probably have about nine. Um, three That's a of, lot. It is a lot, but uh, they all have a unique purpose. Um, you know, I have all different types of cookers. I have a Komodo cooker, a, a big green egg. I have a gas grill, kettle grill, Weber kettle. I have two pellet grills, and, and then I have um, some portable grills as well. I have... Um, you know, like a little Smoky Joe Weber cow, something you can take to the beach or to, to a tailgate. And I have some, a, you know, a small portable gas grill as well. The, um, the, other, the other grill that I have that I, I like to do long and slow smokes on is the Weber Smoky Mountain, which is a, um, you know, it's a, a 
bullet, a bullet smoker. And then uh, finally, I have an ugly drum smoker, which uh, I built. Uh, and I have a video on my uh, website, uh, zestcoast.com, that, that shows the build on that. And that was really a hobby more than anything, just to build it up. But um, I saw uh, the trend at the barbecue contest. All the competitors were using these uh, drum smokers. And uh, they're, they're quite elegant in the, that they're fuel efficient. And uh, you can put a lot of uh, product, a lot of meat, a lot of proteins in the drum. And uh, they'll, they'll run all night long. And so... Um, you know, every every uh, one of the cookers has a purpose. So you have a YouTube channel t- as well, right? You Correct. said there's a video on your website, but you've got a whole YouTube channel. So, Correct. So you're kind of demonstrating these different ways of grilling. You said your your ancestors are from North Carolina. You grew Correct. up in North Carolina. Do you think that gives you some barbecue credibility? Well, it does, I think. Um, and, you know, so a lot of the barbecue I do true to the Eastern North Carolina style – um, and but you know really it's about variety. I mean, uh, you know, in a lot of those old um, whole hog barbecue joints in eastern North Carolina, they don't exist anymore just because of the time it takes. And um, but and a lot of the ones that are still that are still around are using gas. Um, when you go to the western part, you, in the what they call Lexian style, it's more uh, shoulders, and and that's. That's really more what people cook, um, you know, in their backyard because obviously we can't all cook whole hogs in our backyard and, and then chop it up. So, um, so really, what most people call North Carolina style is really a, a hybrid of, of the western part with the shoulders and pulled, and then maybe they use a vinegar-based sauce. But uh, you know, really, growing up as a kid, going to, it seemed like there was a barbecue joint on, on every corner, and now there's very few left. So the only way to get authentic is to do it yourself. All right, Avra, gas or charcoal or wood? What what do we use? You know what? I'm not a gas snob. I mean, you know, high and fast, can, can, hot and fast, uh, can, you know, quick can can work well. You know, on a on a weeknight when you come home, maybe all you want to do is crank up the gas grill, um, and you can get a smoke flavor from that too. If you put some uh, chips in a foil packet and put it on top of a hot spot on the grill, you can create some smoke. But generally speaking, if you're cooking for less than you know. 20 minutes, even 30 minutes, you're not going to have much time to impart a smoke flavor. So if you're doing a steak, burgers, sausages, uh, vegetables, uh, you know, all kinds of vegetables, vegetables are great on the grill. Um, you know, the gas grill is fine. But if I have my druthers and I have the time, charcoal and, and or wood. And, you know, you really, most people, when they're getting, uh, when they're using charcoal, I mean, you're going to flavor it with uh, some wood chunks or some wood chips and uh, and to impart a smoke flavor and um, but you know for hot and fast gas is great. Okay, so um, let's let's give people some some tips for some really good barbecue at their house. Um, you know what what do you think are the some of the first things people should think about when they go to grill something? The most the number one tip is and you'll hear it from a lot of people uh, Michelin five star if they have five stars Michelin chefs uh, will tell you an instant read thermometer um, guys that have been in the business for you know thirty years that cooking at you know great great restaurants will will tell you you know you've got to use a thermometer I mean you'll watch people on these cooking shows they'll talk about you know do your finger against your palm and it feels like this it's you know rare medium and well done well I, I think that's really a poor way to go about it. 
And so you do want to know what your grill temperature is. So, um, you know, if you're doing low and slow, you might want your pit to be around 225 to 275, depending upon. And then, and so it all, you know, how long it will take, you know, a two inch steak, two inch thick steak to cook is really going to depend on how hot your your grill is. So, you know, that's why you can't say, okay, when I put that on, it's going to take 30 minutes because, you, you know, there's all these other external factors, you know, the, the, the ambient temperature, the surrounding the pit, the pit temperature itself, and the temperature of the meat when you put it on the grill. So that's your number one tip is know the temperature. You know, the funny thing is, is that you think of grilling as a very casual, people like it because it seems more casual. You know, it's not baking where everything needs to be completely accurate and measured out. Grilling seems backyard barbecuing, but you're saying you want it to be good, you need it to be a little more scientific. Correct. I mean, well, but then again, you know, also, and it is casual, but I'd much rather see a, a cook a probing a, a piece of meat with a thermometer than sticking their finger on it, <laughs> yeah. every single one to see, oh, that feels right. What about cutting it a little bit? That's yeah, what I see, that's bad because you're going to lose the juices, right? And so that's another thing, too. You know, you always want to use tongs to move your, your meats around or your vegetables, for that matter. And What's your favorite kind of uh, wood chip? Favorite kind of smoke? Well, we mentioned Eastern North Carolina. They use hickory, of course. And uh, and so that's – and, and you know, it was prevalent there. Um, if I could only use one, but every meat's different, right? But for, for pork, uh, pulled pork, uh, you know, it would be hickory. You know, for chicken, uh, you know, hickory's fine for chicken, but uh, – Pecan is very good, which they also have in North Carolina, for, but also in the whole Gulf Coast area, uh, in the Pensacola area and around there, uh, Mississippi and stuff. But uh, for turkeys, you know, every, you know, people that have not smoked but maybe one meat, it's been the turkey at Thanksgiving. And uh, the pecan just gives it a, a really uh, lush color, uh, a light golden brown. Um, and some of the ones, when you're doing a longer smoke, sometimes hickory can get a little um, acrid. You know, so you don't want to use too much smoke. You know, it's it's a seasoning, just like uh, you know the the seasoning rubs that you put on the meat before you cook it. So um, when when I'm cooking, um, you know, a long cook, once it takes a, a, a mouth smoke, I'm I'm only interested in in the the heat from the pit. Um, you know, after I don't know three four hours, you're you know it's not going to absorb any more smoke flavor. So you're really okay to wrap it in foil, throw it in your oven, and finish, and not spend any more time on the charcoal or the wood, uh, because once it's sort of already got that smoke flavor, that 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 outdoor uh, taste to it, you're fine just cooking it, finishing it off in the oven. And that's a trick. I mean, sometimes I've done overnight cooks. I wake up, oh no, my charcoal's gone. Um, the pit temperature is dropping. Um, just wrap it and put it in the oven. And it won't lose the smoke flavor. No, that is correct. a good tip. What's your favorite? What's your favorite meat to barbecue? Well, you know, which is your favorite child? You know, you can't do that. But um, it's going to have to be ribs. I mean, just because the challenge of it. I mean, once you once you have pork butt down, you have it down. I mean, it's really it's hard to screw up a pork butt. Um, but you can easily screw up ribs so the um and and you know in the selection of the meat um and then there's always different techniques to try i mean there's really only one way to do a uh, a smoked pork butt that's put it low and slow and and just 
um, you know, you come back and, and it's done, you, you let it rest, you pull it. But with, with ribs, there's always different methods to exp- uh, you know, experiment on. In, in Eastern North Carolina, and a method that, um, you know, they do them hot and fast. The, you know, they take the, the ribs, they'll, use, they'll take a rack, they'll cut them in half, uh, they'll throw them on a grill, uh, gas grills even, uh, 20 minutes a side. So that's 40 minutes. You know, most barbecue people will tell you, yeah, you can't cook a rib in 40 minutes. Um, I, I actually have a video on my, my, my website that has, uh, I've got all the different kinds of methods, but I've got a hot and fast method. And the cool thing about hot and fast is you can also do chicken wings alongside it. Um, and then, um, so ribs. Ribs. Pork ribs. So I grill on a gas grill I, I don't not organize enough to think ten hours ahead Correct. I'm gonna smoke a brisket. I do you know, but I love a gas grill and I take a thin chicken breast, boneless, skinless chicken breast, and I can throw it I can have dinner in twenty minutes and it tastes really good with some vegetables and um it's a good dinner. What seasoning how how would you grill a chicken breast? And what seasoning should I be using? Well the nice thing about chicken breast is that it's a sort of a clean palate, right? The chicken breasts don't have that much flavor on their own. So it's going to take on whatever you put on it. So the the cool thing about chicken breasts is that, you know, you can kind of, do you feel like in kind of a Latin flavor mood? You know, you can use, uh, you know, you can mojo seasoning on it um, and, and that type of thing. Um, if you, you know, feel more of a barbecue type mode, you know, you can put a, a barbecue rub on it that has, uh, you know, paprika and sugars and, and different types of secret spices, actually, by the way. And, uh, and then, but, or you could go savory, you know, you can, you can do rosemary, uh, thyme, you know, uh, I don't want to sound like Simon and Garfunkel here, but, uh, you know, parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, those types of seasonings gives it just a completely different flavor than if you're using, you know, uh, lemon pepper and, or mojo or just plain salt and pepper. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what, you know, it, you can suit your mood with what seasons you want or what you're doing as a, as, as sides, right? So you kind of pair it with the sides. If you're, if you're going mojo, you do black beans and rice with it. If you're doing savory, uh, you might do a, a wild rice or a potato with, uh, you know, peas or carrot, you know, that type of thing. So you can really mix it up with the chicken breast. So if you can only have one go-to meat, although we'll have to stop you chicken thighs. If you don't do boneless, skinless chicken thighs as an alternative to, to uh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, you're missing out. At all the barbecue contests, and they actually did bone-in, and, and really bone-in is, is the way to cook because um, it holds up so much of the juices and flavor of the meat, um, and really um, bone-in is, is really a preferred way to do it on the chicken breast as well because then you can, just, you can just slice that chicken breast or pull it. If you cook it right, you can just pull it right off the, the bones if you want to to serve it. Um, Oh, it sounds so good. But the, um, but I, I, you know, that would be one of the things I would say. We used to be chicken breast um, people, but when I start back in about 2010, I, I go to the, these barbecue contests and I realize they're all doing chicken thighs. And I said, that, they're trying to win, right? So, so everybody does it. And all the barbecue people, almost all, they do it almost all exactly the same way. And, um, you know, there's a real art to it in terms of the, the way they, they'll pull the skin off and, and they'll get it crisped up and they'll, they'll actually uh, glue it back to the thigh so that when you bite through it, you, you know, you get a bite through on the skin. But the, the, the chicken thigh would be my recommendation. Uh, what are some of the big trends that you're seeing right now in barbecuing? 
Well, the the pellet grills are are something that describe what that a is. Pellet grill. They're based on the technology of old wood stoves, uh, furnaces uh, in the Northeast and the Northwest, and I think uh, where they took um, the uh, sawdust from sawmills and and pelletized them, and then they would burn furnaces as a fuel source. So it was a way of reusing something that otherwise might be going to to waste, uh, and. So somebody got the idea to use that as a cooking source. Mm-hmm. Now, you wouldn't want to use heating pellets because they have all kinds of stuff in them, but they have food-grade pellets now. And so you have um, you have a um, hopper that has pellets in it, and then it has an auger that tra- takes the pellets and puts them in a firebox, heats it up, creates smoke and heat, and, and so that's that's a pellet grill. Um, the, they're they're computer-controlled, right? So you set the temperature... 350, and it, it pretty much will keep that temperature fluctuates up and down a little bit as the pellets come in and start burning. But uh, a lot of people like it because you talk about coming home and uh, all you have to do is t- slip a switch. You wait uh, 10 minutes and you're ready to go. Um, How much does something like that cost? Pellet grills probably start at about three fifty, three hundred fifty dollars, and go up to three thousand. The average cost is probably in the eight hundred dollar range. Hmm. And you then, you have some money invested in all of your grills, don't you? I do, but the um, they're still cheaper than a boat. <laughs> and you don't fish. And I don't fish. <laughs> so, I have friends with boats, right? And a lot of people, a lot of people I know say they have me for my grilling. So they have me as a friend for my grilling. So some people say, you know, and and that was that's kind of uh, when we were when I was a college student uh, in Greenville, we used to. Uh, we had we had a grill right outside our apartment complex, and somebody would come out and start the charcoal fire and uh, and cook their meat. And then when they pulled their meat off, they would yell, you know, hot fire. And everybody then the next group would come out and cook that. And they, you know, these, so we would use the entire um, bag of charcoal or however long it took to get it going. You know, so we didn't waste any fuel. Uh, and you know, having hot coals just burned to ashes is wasteful. Uh, another big trend uh, is the ugly drum smokers that I mentioned, uh, and that, particularly on the barbecue circuit uh, because of their efficiency and that type of thing. And mm-hmm. you can get into those less expensively than than we mentioned the pellet grills. And and then and they they're economical. They're economical to build. Uh, you can purchase them, um, you know, ready made, um, and and that's not a bad way to go. But uh, it's fun to build them, and there's lots of videos out there on YouTube to to see how to, to build them. And uh, another big trend, or a really big trend in barbecue these days, is the steak cook-offs. And there's a steak cook-off association, the SCA. That is probably the most rapidly growing association and event type uh, events in, in barbecuing. And and the reason why the competitors like it is, it, you're, it's an in and out thing. You you show up at uh, five o'clock on a Friday. Um, they have a, a meeting that people go back. They cook their steaks. Um, they go to the judges. They know who won, and they're out of there. Uh, you know, in, in three hours. And, and so a lot of the um, the mainstream uh, barbecue contests, um, they happen on Saturday. And so the cooks are starting their, their cook uh, later on Fridays. But before they start that, um, in the early evening on Friday, they'll do a steak cook-off. And steaks are quick to cook. So uh, it's really cool. There's um, uh, So I, there's really probably a big resurgence in, in steak cooking um, as a, as a com- competitive thing. Um, but also... Um, my, one of my you asked what my favorite 
um, thing to cook was uh, right. It, it's long term overall. It's pork ribs. However, right now it's steaks because of the technique, the reverse sear technique. And that's when you cook the steak uh, low until you bring it up to a temperature that to, to then sear it and then serve Seared it. Seared at the end. Reverse sear, correct. Oh. So you sear it at the end. Um, the And the thing about that is that way you, you get a nice even temperature of the meat in the, in the center and you can get, and also it's a good way to, if you've got a finicky group, and let's say you're cooking four steaks and everybody likes theirs a little different, you know, in terms of doneness, uh, you can put them on a slow cook or an indirect uh, source. And then as they get the temperature, close to the temperature, about say 15 degrees uh, short, uh, you know, five to 15, depending of where your person, your your eater, <laughs> your well, guest. the person, the per, your guest. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. When you get when you get to close to the temperature to where your guests would like their steak, you throw it on a, a hot flame on the gas grill, which they're great for doing that, or on the hot over the coals on the on your gas grill, and you get it to the perfect temperature. So it's a good way to control the doneness, as opposed to you know throwing them on all hot and then pulling them off and then they're sitting there. And then then the final final temp to uh, tip on that on the reverse sear on on any meat for that matter is is the rest period so you're always going to want to pull your meats about five degrees before your target temperature is and then allow and while they're resting which is a critical part of just about any meat to allow the joy juices to reabsorb into the meat so that when you cut into them they don't run out um, so you always want to pull your meats about five degrees temperature and you can't really do that with your finger you need a, temp- a thermometer to do that right and then just let it rest, and then it'll come up to temperature as it's resting. Right, that final five degrees. Excellent. So where can people find you, Avra? Uh, uh, thanks for asking. Zestcoast.com. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. We're on Facebook and Instagram at The Zest Podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have comments or story ideas, send them to Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at thezestpodcast.com. I'm Robin Sessingham. Dalia Cologne and I produce The Zest with help from Cheyenne Jaglal and Mark Hayes. Copyright 2020, WUSF Public Media, University of South Florida.